Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> that was your aquarium impression yeah oh i was like i for some reason only heard my scream and i'm like that doesn't sound like an aquarium <laughs> but you made it my little bloops <laughs> perfect <laughs> speaking of enclosed spaces like an aquarium i speaking of avalanches why do you something else starts with a <laughs> like i hate when i can't do it at all and the kid just nails it immediately no. i'm like oh no it's good it's fine <laughs> only have one job on this podcast okay <laughs> and it's transition <laughs> let me have it we're talking i forgot the name of the movie for a hot second only because it has two names so i kept yes. trying to call it the dl love pass incident which is like, not wrong not wrong yeah. but no we're talking about the devil's pass yes which you know, here we go. I we talked about it a little bit before we started, and I was like, "Oh boy, I just don't know." My very first note that I took is, "I have zero expectations. I hope it's wild." I mean, I'll say it is wild. Yes, I will get to it eventually. I'm not gonna give give it all away now, but I have I have oh no no thoughts and many thoughts. You know what I mean? My head's empty, but it's trying. I'm no like, thoughts had something. I'm like, come on. <laughs> And also, if everyone hates this movie, blame me. I did pick this. I, I was like, hey, can we do this one? And I was like, yes, please, and let's yeah, do let's it. Do I it. was super pumped. I know we're getting a good, a great nerd corner out of it, though. So hey. I don't even care how bad the movie is or how good it is. I'm pumped. When you texted me and you're like, can I do it on this? I was like, if you didn't, I'd be pissed. I know. I, was I like, thought that's what you were going to do. So I was like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> do you want some facts yes there's not a lot i am well, so sorry we also talked about this not a lot going on for this one mm-mm. it was made in 2013 originally called the diallo pass incident uh it was directed by rennie harlan am i saying that right i think that's right Robs. yeah uh also did nightmare on elm street 4 <laughs> die hard 2 <laughs> cliffhanger the long kiss goodnight and deep hmm. blue sea Huh. I thought it was funny because at first when I was making the this week's movie poster, I saw Die Hard on the thing and I went, oh, it's the director of Die Hard. And then I went, Die Hard 2. Yeah. And also Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Get out of here. Get out of here. Not that those are, I don't know anything about those. After but... 3? No. I've only seen the first one once. I was going to say, I'm like, I've only seen the first one. <laughs> That's not true. Yes, Whatever. Also, it was written by Vikram Wheat. Well, no notes. Nothing. (laughs) I looked this man up and could find nothing. All I could find was this consistent article that was like, Vikram Wheat trolled on Twitter. Like, (laughs) I could find no articles or anything about, like, the things this man has done. I even typed in, like, Vikram Wheat, IMDb? No, it was just, like, trolled on Twitter. Oh, my God. Maybe I just, like, was Googling it wrong. I don't know. But it was just really funny because I was like, did you write anything? And they were like, no, just just tweets. Incredible. <laughs> no. So maybe it was like the wrong person. I don't know. But I wish I knew. <laughs> it's a uh, mystery that may never be solved. There were just so few things on every person. Because yeah. then the cinematography, I also just don't have a lot. So cinematography was by, I, I don't know if it's Dennis or Denise, but it's D-E-N-I-S. Mm. 
Um, because it's Denise. Denise. Uh, Denise Alacon Ramirez. So I don't know mm, if it's Denise yeah. or Dennis. I know I it's no it's a man, but I don't yes. know how to pronounce it Donny? correctly. Oh, well, maybe that'd be French. Oh yeah, don't don't bring <laughs> that in here. <laughs> um, but he has also done the heirs, Jumpman, the Spy, and the Misfits. Ooh, yeah, not ones that I I know, but they're like names that I've kind of heard of. So same with like the Long Kiss Goodnight. I was like, I know that name, yeah. I just haven't seen it. Um. But yeah, and then the music was Yuri Potienko. Yes. Potienko. I hope that's correct. I'm going to say approximately a dozen Potienko. Russian names later, so it'll come this. for me. <laughs> you got this. Uh, so the music, Yuri Potienko. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did Spy, White Tiger, Metro, The Russian Game, Daywatch, and honestly, a ton of like Russian films as mm-hmm. well. I think cinematography also, like he had done a lot of like Russian films. But they were ones that I was like, if I try to say this, I I don't know. I don't know. Something bad would happen. <laughs> they were the longest titles I had ever seen. Because they were in Russian. Yeah. And I was like, I wish that I could try. But Russian is one language that I find very, very, very difficult. French? Yes. I'll give it a shot, I guess. I don't like it. Difficult through the rage. Right. But yeah. like, Russian's very difficult. So people who speak Russian, I'm always very impressed. I think it's a... Very difficult language to learn, but very yeah. cool. Very cool language. But I couldn't pronounce those movies, and I was like, he's done a lot. So yeah. keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for some reason, I couldn't find the budget. I have no, I looked in so many places. I even was just like, this movie, how much? And it was just like, no. But I can tell you how much it made. I have no idea. <laughs> Truly no <laughs> this concept. Is, so this would be like worldwide. So this is like, and I think this would be total um the whole run of the the film three million you're really close it's only 5.3 oh okay i was like this is a shot that no you were absolutely super close i was expecting that number but i but because i don't know how much it was like it cost to make it i was like oh it kind of sucks i like knowing how well it did but that honestly more than i thought so yeah (laughs) he said he intentionally like cast no names mm-hmm. where it's like yeah. unknown actors that had never done anything i think Gemma atkinson was like the outlier there yeah. but she was just great so whatever but um they wanted it to be very much like i read that too yeah. that it was like they wanted it to be very sort of blair witch where yeah. they're like you know in some one of the <laughs> one of the reviews i read was just like uh, a fresh take on the Blair Witch. It's hilarious, but I don't know if that's intentional or not. That is the most accurate summary. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, those are my notes. Um, I don't want to recap it. But you have For to. you, I will. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, college students are making a documentary about the Dyatlov Pass incident. And things get too real. Oh. Whoa. It's pretty good. It's not my best work, but it's pretty good. No, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. What do they have to say? Oh, sorry. I was distracted. My brain was spinning out. And I was like, too real, too avalanche. And I was like, Kate, that's nothing. Kate, let it go. <laughs> too real, too avalanche. <laughs> too fast, too furious, too avalanche. Too real. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> The reason my face was totally blank. You were just like, <laughs> just dissociating over there. Truly. Had a rough go. 
What do the other people who write this, the, the, what synopsis? Is it? Synopsis. <laughs> it's not even a synopsis. Is Summary. It? Yeah. yeah. What do they have to say? Rotten Tomatoes says, To determine what happened to some Russian hikers, five U.S. college students go back to where the hikers were found dead. The students don't return from the expedition either, and the recovered footage is deemed too disturbing for public viewing. I, one of my favorite parts about this summary is that it's like very bold that uh-huh. they're not just like, oh, they're going to make a documentary. They're like, they go to find out what happened. And I'm like, yeah, you and the rest of the world. Yeah, everyone wants bold to know. Bold move that they were like, they're going to do it. Yep. Those five kids. These scrappy five young adults. <laughs> what if they did, though? What if they, what? well, they kind of did. Well, they Well, they didn't. didn't. They didn't. Well, they didn't. They found out what happened to them. (laughs) Fair enough. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. Oh, God. I'm excited to talk about this. I just... (laughs) And this is going to be unhinged. You've had a rough week. My rib is broken. We're all having a time. We're all having a time. (laughs) We're all having a time. So everyone's going to listen to this episode and be like, are they okay? And the the answer is no. no. Simply put, no. no. <laughs> the Bugs Bunny, no. <laughs> no. We Are you okay? That one. No. <laughs> we do that one all the time. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, take it away. Okay. Whisk me away. Whisking, active. Okay, please. The Dyatlov Pass incident. One of my favorite unsolved mysteries. And I still call it unsolved because that's how it spent most of its time. I still think. I also still kind of think it's on swap. Okay. <laughs> We're just like, oh, no, you... whatever. The rest of the episode is just grumbling under it's our just, breath. Going, it seems unsolved to me. <laughs> just because you guys saw Frozen, you think you solved it? <laughs> yeah. Do you ever see my tweet? It was like it was it was like blah blah blah. They've solved the Diablo Pass incident thanks to Frozen. And then I just posted that like side eye monkey, and it says all the Yetis in the mountains. <laughs> And they're like, oh, yeah, for sure. The aliens are like, yes, go with it was that. one of my proudest tweets because I was like, they're all just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I won't tell if you don't tell. <laughs> I'm being real secretive. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay, so um, a few articles in the last few mm-hmm. years have said more or less case closed, but notably the folks that did all the research for mm-hmm. the most recently accepted, widely accepted theory are like, we're not saying it solves everything, but we're saying it's a compelling argument. Yeah. Anyway, in my heart, Fair it's still enough. a creepy mystery. For sure. So what are the facts and what are the theories? I know you are very familiar with Dyatlov Pass. Yeah? <laughs> but perhaps not everyone is. So I will begin with the basics before diving into the proposed explanations. Good. The year is 1959. <laughs> Here is World War II. Yeah. <laughs> a group of experienced hikers decide to... Nope. I, my prepositions were in no, a lot of places. <laughs> they do not <laughs> on to trek though. <laughs> a group of experienced hikers decide to trek the Ural Mountains. What I wrote is decide on to trek. <laughs> what if the salt lamp is to blame? <laughs> Wait, that's not even what, what I to blame is the salt lamp. <laughs> I can't even do it wrong right. <laughs> God. I think I was trying to say they decided on a trek. Yeah. But on to trek the. But on to trek the. <laughs> the specific goal was to reach Otorton. Yeah. They were all students or friends of students at the Ural, Poly- Ural Polytechnical Institute in Yekaterinburg. They were all in their early 20s with the exception of one who was 38. It was actually originally planning to go on a similarly difficult hike with a different group, oh. but it ended up being like shifted over. Yeah. That worked out really well for him. Yeah. But as mentioned... They're experienced. All of them had grade two certifications for hiking and ski Mm -hmm. tours. And the highest grade is grade three, which they would receive upon return from Otorton. Oh, So they know what the fuck they're doing. Right. 
uh, and doing this trek would earn them the top difficulty certification. Yeah. I may be just like butchering the actual way that people talk about it. I'm like, they got the big cert. They did it. <laughs> they Claps did it, from folks. me. <laughs> <laughs> so they're experienced. They've done hard shit. They know what they're doing. Yeah. The group was led by Igor Dyatlov and originally consisted of 10 hikers. This is where the names happen. Oh boy, you got <clears> this <throat> and I believe in you. Yuri Doroshenko. So names are easier than the movies. Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Because, like, we've heard Russian names yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in my sleeper cell. Um, <laughs> freak. <laughs> Not even, like, spy, just freak. <laughs> it's something wrong with me. <laughs> Yuri Doroshenko, mm-hmm. Ludmila Dubanina, mm-hmm. uh, Georgi or Yuri Krivonyshenko, mm-hmm. Alexander Kolovatov, Zenaida Kolmogorova, Rustam Slobodin, Nikolai Thibault Brignol, he's French. <laughs> uh, he's half French. His mm. father was a French communist. <laughs> and Semyon Alexander Zolotaryov and Yuri Yudin. That last fellow had some chron- chronic health conditions that uh, he had to turn oh, back. He turned back the first yeah, he day. Left. So he hiked back to the nearest village. That would save his life. Good, Who knew that chronic illness would lead to him surviving much longer than the Ooh. rest of them. Uh, he lived to the ripe old age of 75 oh, and wow. passed in 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. When the movie was made. Yeah. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. It's all coming back. And the Yetis are like, yes, and The Yetis is. are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the group set off on January 27th and were expected back no later than February 12th. Mm-hmm. Yudin did say, however, that before he left, Yatlov indicated he believed it would be later than that. Okay. Regardless, the hiking plan submitted and approved had them returning by Feb 12th. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I work in, uh, like, tech, and so yeah. I'm just so used to saying dates as, like, Jan 1, Feb you 5. Feb 12th, and I was like, hell yeah. I love this. <laughs> you guys, you're, like, old buds with February. You're just like, I, I got like, you. I shorten it. Yeah, we're on, like, first name terms, you know? <laughs> they won't let me call um, them No, it's just because I'm broken by my job. <laughs> I'll just be like, yeah, Q1. Okay, get it back to me. We'll circle back. (laughs) I'm working construction. My brain is broken. I don't like what my brain has become. (laughs) February 12th (laughs) passed without incident. No, it didn't. It passed without communication. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm like, I feel like there may have been an incident. (laughs) And then nothing happened, and they all went home. (laughs) This movie is a wild speculation. (laughs) Yes. They're all fine. Yeah. February 12th passed without any communication from the group. They said that they would telegram when they got back into the nearest town. So uh, those that were concerned gave it a few more days because it wasn't uncommon for treks to take a bit longer than expected. A few days, give or take, was really normal. And Yalov himself had said he thought it would take a bit longer than originally planned. However, by February 20th, they decided that the team should definitely have made it back by then, and relatives of the hikers pressed the institute to take action. Oof. The Ural Polytechnical Institute launched a rescue group of students and teacher volunteers, and then later the police and army joined the search, along with some helicopters and planes. And I know that the way I structured that sentence makes it sound like the helicopters and the planes were yeah. like willing participants. Right. <laughs> They're like, we want to join. We'll get in there. <laughs> Put me in, coach. <laughs> the helicopters are just begging. It's buzzing. They're worried. <laughs> Six days into the search, mm-hmm. on February 26th, on the slope of Kholatsyakl, mm-hmm. I have it written out in like... Like for, I didn't say anything, I believe. Uh, <laughs> searchers found the abandoned tent badly damaged. Oh, yeah. This was not just alarming, but also very confusing. Per the student that found the tent, Mikhail Sheravin, the, quote, the tent was half torn down and covered with snow. It was empty and all the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind. 
As we recall, this is a group of experienced hikers that would have known the dangers of snow, wind, and cold. And the tent had been cut open from the inside. Yeah. This will come back later. Uh, uh, but in order to set up their camp, they had uh, cut a shallow trench into the snow for right. their tent. Like, that's just apparently part of right. setting up a tent on a snowy slope. Mm-hmm. Slowy snope. Slowy snopes. <laughs> <laughs> like i avoided saying it and then i had to bring it back to be like i could have slipped up it's a beautiful name for a baby girl slowy snopes, snopes. come here slowy <laughs> oh, Chloe. baby. chloe's old news slowy now yep <laughs> back to the discovery yes. uh so leading away from the tent were nine sets of footprints based on those tracks no one was wearing a full pair of shoes some folks were barefoot others had socks on some had a single shoe but no one had managed to get both shoes on their feet before cutting their way out of the tent and running into the snow. Yeah. They followed the tracks as far as they could before they were obscured by snowfall. Nearly a mile from the tent. Uh, they do everything in kilometers, but this was like 0.9 yeah, tenths or yeah. something a mile. Uh, so nearly a mile from the tent. At the edge of the woods, they found the remains of a small campfire, a large pine tree with broken branches up to five feet up from the ground, and the bodies of Krivonoshenko and Doroshenko. They were dressed only in underwear and they were shoeless. I know I've heard it before. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It surprises me. Yes. Uh, Many theories posit that the broken branches on the pine tree indicate that one of the hikers had attempted to climb the tree to get a better line of sight on something, probably the tent. Um, But I've read other theories that say the hikers pulled branches down to build a campfire. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Personally, like, that's my, like, I think that one makes more sense. If there's a campfire next to it, that's... What I assume, yeah. but... One of the early podcasts that I listened to, because I've listened to, like, every podcast I can get my hands oh, on. One of them was, like, were they trying to climb to escape something? And I was like, and they just cartoon kept breaking branches. Right? Like, like, I think maybe they were purposely trying to break them. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's it's scary thought to right. be like they were trying to climb, but then they couldn't. Right. And then they died of no external trauma. Okay. That's so weird. <laughs> so weird. So between that pine tree and the tent, they found three more bodies. Dyatlov, Kolmogorova, and Slobodin. According to the investigators, the posing of the bodies indicated that they were trekking back to the tent. And they were spaced out. So, like, one of them fell, two of them kept going, another one fell. But they were on their way. Like, they were heading back to the tent based on the position of their bodies. So that's five of the nine. There are still four hikers missing at this point. They would not find their bodies for another two and a half months. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but holy shit. In May, they did find the bodies of Thibaut Brignol, uh, Dubinina, Kolovatov, and Zolotaryov. I did it better the first time, probably. <laughs> I'm just, I forgot that I kept saying names, and I was like, made it over that hump. And now I'm like, oh, you were too proud. Oh, no. <laughs> Pride cometh before the fall. <laughs> so they found the four bodies of the remaining hikers at the bottom of the ravine, not far from the pine tree. Yeah. Three of those folks were notably better dressed for the circumstances than the other hikers, and signs pointed to them stripping the clothing from their fallen comrades. Yeah. Uh, so Dubonina was wearing someone else's torn and burned trousers and had another hiker's jacket wrapped around her left shin and foot. So, like, they were wearing clothing that their dead mm-hmm. friends had been right. wearing. Uh, so the theory is that their friends fell and they were like, I still need warmth. Right. And they wouldn't want me to suffer if, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. It's just survival. So all nine hikers had been accounted for. But why did they leave the tent? Why did they cut their way out? Why were they not clothed for the weather? How did they die? And why were they under a tree and in a ravine? The weirdest shit. Yep. The facts presented so far are the ones that make the most sense. Right. I was like, uh, those are the facts that I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Now we'll get into the slightly weirder shit. <laughs> the first five bodies found had no fatal injuries, and it was presumed that they had died of hypothermia. Mm-hmm. Tragic, not surprising, given the weather conditions. Right. But then the medical examination of the remaining four bodies started shaking things up. Three of them had fatal injuries. One had a serious one had serious skull damage, and the other two had major chest fractures. This is a direct Oof. quote from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. According to... Oh, I did not prepare myself to say this name. You got this. According to Boris Vazrazdini. Vazrazdini. There we go. There's a lot of Z's and H's in here. <laughs> Vazrazdini. <laughs> yeah. The force required to cause such damage would have been extremely high, comparable to that of a car crash. Notably, the bodies had no external wounds associated with the bone fractures, as if they had been subjected to a high level of pressure. Thank you, Wikipedia. Who stepped on them? Who stepped on them and left no bruises. So, all four of the hikers found in the ravine had soft tissue damage to their face and head. Of note, they were in the running water of a stream. Yeah. That could have played a role. But the injuries, one was missing her tongue, eyes, part of her lip, uh, skull bone, and facial tissue. Another was missing his eyeballs. Uh, Solon was Son's eyebrows. Uh, and the forensic expert quoted earlier said these injuries were likely incurred after death due to the location in a stream. Right. A lot of people will say it's highly likely that animals were right. scavenging. Possible, but yeah. not determined. Right. No one was like, oh, I see those claw marks are very fox-like. Right. Like, there was no... They just... It's just gone. Yeah. So the first theory to be floated was that some of the indigenous folks in the area, the Monsi, had attacked them. This did not hold water for a variety of reasons. First and foremost, there was no motive or history that would indicate violence from the indigenous reindeer herders. They there was literally no record of them ever attacking anyone. (laughs) Um, God. They were like, oh, well, they were probably on their sacred mountain and they were on a mushroom fueled trip and attacked them. And I was like, okay, what? (laughs) Yeah, that was actually one of the theories. And they were like, first of all, that wasn't sacred land. Second of all, we don't actually like go to sacred sites very frequently. And also, no. <laughs> so presumptuous, but okay. But okay. Uh, and then some say that the Monsi translation of Otorten is don't go there, or the translation of Claudaciacal is death mountain. Mm-hmm. But according to one article I read, an interview with a Monsi man says that's a mistranslation. And according to him, Otorten is actually mountain of swirling winds, which would be apt as we'll cover later. Right. And from what I found, Claudaciacal isn't dead mountain, but barren mountain. As oh. in, there isn't shit to eat or hunt there. Right. So it's barren. It is dead of things. Why would you go like, there to hunt? Right. It's not like, oh, death on the mountain. It's, it's like, always there's not shit death. there. It's like, no, there's just nothing there. Yeah. Secondly, I uh, mean, Barren Mountain still makes it terrifying then. Yeah. And it's like, what if there's no animals, nothing to hunt? Yeah. Who took their eyes and their tongue? Who took it? Who yeah. took it? Who took it? Hmm. Secondly, there was no sign of struggle at the camp, nor any footprints that indicated anyone other than those nine hikers had been there. There was also no external injuries indicating a fight or a scuffle. So that didn't stop the authorities from detaining and questioning Monsi folks for weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the relationship between the Monsi like, folks and the government in the area was not good. Right. Um, I mean, most indigenous folks are mistreated say, perfectly like, yeah. by like, the governments that have right. taken that area. But they were like, yeah, if, there, if one of us had been like, actually credibly accused of it, they would have taken all of us. Because, like, they would just exterminate us. Like, they, it was very clear, like, this is not a, yeah. So they were eventually cleared and asked to help in the search. (laughs) They're like, you did it. (laughs) All right, maybe you didn't, but can you help? Can you help? (laughs) Like, oh my God. You have the mind of a killer, help me out. They're like, (laughs) I got myself in a pickle. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) God, the audacity. Forgive and forget, right? (laughs) God. Yeah, so, um, 
between the first five and the final four, mm-hmm. there were, you know, like two and a half months-ish. Right. And so they were like, hey, can you help us out here? And it was actually a Monsi hunter assisting in the search that found pieces of Ludmila's sweater, and that discovery led them to the ravine and the final hikers. Oof. So not only were they falsely accused, they also helped find the remaining hikers. <laughs> Jeez. Yep. Uh, though not all parts of the legal inquest were available at the time, journalists had access to parts and were able to report the following items. These are all in addition to the facts that I have right. established and shared. Quote, the victims had died six to eight hours after their last meal. Traces from the camp showed that all group members left the campsite of their own accord on foot. Some levels of radiation were found on victims' clothing, but not consistently across all right. of the victims. Just like, I've heard from one to three. Right. It's kind of inconsistent. To dispel the theory of an attack by the indigenous Monsi people, Faraz Razdani stated that the fatal injuries of the three bodies could not have been caused by human beings, quote, because the force of the blows had been so strong and no soft tissue had been damaged. Release documents contained no information about the condition of the skier's internal organs, and there were no survivors. Oof. Yeah. The inquest ceased in May of 1959 because there was not an identifiable guilty party. Yeah. The official conclusion was they, that they died of, quote, compelling unknown force or compelling natural force. I've seen both of those quotes used interchangeably. Yeah. And it's like the reports were published in Russian. And so like we're doing translations <laughs> right. and stuff. Um, so there were also reports from folks who attended the funerals that said the skin on those first five hikers looked unnaturally tanned, like a deep red brown. Uh, some of the bodies were said to have orangish toned skin and gray hair. There were also reports of strange orange lights in the area, <laughs> and an unrelated group of hikers uh, had, like, reported that. Yeah. Uh, and then there were also abnormal levels of radiation on the clothing and or bodies of some of the deceased. So that was just, like, a collection of some of the weird shit at the God. end there. So let's talk theories. Please. <laughs> because I promised someone that I would give these theories a shout-out, even though I can't spend time on them, some folks have laid the blame on Yetis or aliens. Pretty sure it wasn't Yetis or aliens. I don't think so. Moving on. <laughs> but you never know. You never know. <laughs> so we already debunked the theory that the Monzi people had anything to do right. with it. Next up, we have paradoxical undressing, wherein during hypothermia, you suddenly feel like you're overheating, start taking your clothes off, and then right. you freeze to death. The first five were not super well-dressed, but the other four were clothed in what looked to be pieces taken from the bodies of the other five. Right. So it doesn't really hold up that all of them died No, because that. that would explain why some of them didn't have clothes. Yeah. They maybe did. And then, obviously, they took it. Yeah. So it's like, we can't be like, oh, they were undressed the whole time. We yeah. don't know. It also doesn't explain why they left the tent in the first place. Right. So it just or explains. No. Because, like, none of them had shoes. Like, no. full pair, at least. Yeah. So, like, that's not paradoxical undressing. They really tried. Yeah. Because some of them had socks. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's like people were putting on the clothing that had been on other people. Right. So they were actively putting clothing so trying on trying to be warm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Paradoxical, paradoxical undressing mm-hmm. doesn't have a ton of support. Right. Or, like, on its own. Right. Uh, next up, military tests. Mm. This is a popular one. This was the late 50s. Tensions were high among countries. But everything's <laughs> yeah. been figured out since then. Nothing's wrong anymore. Um, yeah, we're all good Yeah, now. we're all good. There are a range of theories in the realm mm. of military testing. But two of the popular ones are that a radiological weapon was dropped in the vicinity. Uh, that can be ruled out generally because there would have been high radiation levels across all hikers, not yeah. just one or a few. Right. Uh, the other theory proposes that parachute mines were being tested in the area. Oh. Parachute mines explode in the air instead of on the ground and right. have apparently resulted in heavy internal damage without external trauma. I don't know a ton huh. about this theory, but it's not like a leading theory. No. There wasn't a lot of space dedicated it's interesting, to this one. but... Yeah. Um, now we'll get to the weather or location related theories. Right. First up, we have infrasound. 
This is one of my favorites. Not oh, because I think it's likely, but because I think it's fascinating. Right. Are you familiar with infrasound? No, no, no. Okay. <clears throat> so firstly, what is it? Hiccup first. Yeah. Secondly, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, it's sound with a low enough frequency that it's outside of the typical range for humans to hear. Huh. Some studies indicate that it can cause feelings of awe, fear, and or nausea. Okay. I've not heard the name of it, but I knew this was a thing. Yes. Ooh, spooky. In Donnie Eicher's book, uh, Dead Mountain, which I have uh-huh. listened to the audiobook of, <laughs> uh, he was going through theories. He spends a significant amount of time on infrasound. I am yeah. not going to get anywhere close to the right. level of detail that he went into this. But based on his research and interviews, he posits that it was created by the wind coming off and around the mountain and an induced panic in the hikers. When they got far enough from the source of the effect, when they got far enough from the source, the effects faded and half died to exposure. Right. And the other four fell into a ravine while trying to make their way back to the tent. Right. Next up, catabatic winds. Which is fun to say. Uh, These are... Jaunty. Yeah, right? (laughs) Not in practice, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. These are ridiculously strong and rare winds that bring high-density air from a higher elevation down a slope. Yeah. They're like hurricane force winds. And in 1978... I always have to close one eye when I'm reading numbers. Like years. It helps. You I know? just like, I really struggle with numbers, so I'm like close the in. left eye. <laughs> Red eye can focus on that. I get it in, you know? Yeah. In nineteen seventy-eight, catabatic winds redeemed the cause of death for a group of eight hikers mm-hmm. in the area or in an area with similar topography. Yeah. Interestingly, that was also a group of nine, but one of them did survive. Oh. So in the case of catabatic winds, the hikers would have fled the tent in a hurry and created emergency shelters. Right. Out of snow, whatever they can gather. In this theory, the four hikers in the ravine were crushed when their emergency shelter collapsed upon them. Yeah. Finally, we have the theory that has been with us since the beginning, but with evolving evidence. Oh. The avalanche. Yeah. So, originally proposed in 1959, but it has been dismissed several times over the years because the slope around the campsite wasn't considered steep enough. There also wasn't evidence of a camp being swept away down a mountain or any record of snow that night that would have caused the weight of the snow to increase and trigger an avalanche. Right. Or death by asphyxiation, which is usually the cause of death in avalanches. Yeah. There was also the amount of time between when they dug the trench for their tent and the time of the potential avalanche. Mm -hmm. It didn't quite line up, and some people couldn't let it go. (laughs) I see where we're going! (laughs) That's right! (laughs) It's time to talk about how Disney's Frozen helped solve the mystery of the Dyatlov Pass incident. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things. <laughs> I love this story so much. <laughs> it's wild. So our main players here are Johan Gohm, head of the Snow Avalanche mm-hmm. Simulation Laboratory at EPFL. Right. And Alexander Puzrin, geotechnical engineer ETH Zurich. And Elsa, yeah. And Elsa. Thank you. And also yeah. Gohm's wife, who they never mention her name. They're like, oh, she's Russian. And they're like, she helped. And I was like, by being her name, hello? <laughs> her name, please? Uh, dude, there was a quote in one of the articles, and he was like, when I told my wife that I wanted to look into the Dallas Pass incident, yeah. that was the first time she looked at me with true respect. And I was like, how long have you been married, my friend? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I love your wife, but I don't know if she loves you. <laughs> first time? Oh my God, I hope you've been married like a day. <laughs> anyway, oh shit. I, I need to find that article because it made me laugh out loud. It was probably said with like, ha ha ha, first right? time, but I was like, I picture it like haunted. It was the first time. <laughs> Wild. Wild thing to admit in an article. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, these folks connected on the issue of the delay between the time the hikers set up their camp and the time of death. They both believed an avalanche could have been the cause, but needed an explanation for what have, would have triggered the avalanche uh-huh. at the time that it occurred. 
As mentioned, the topography was generally considered to be too flat. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out that the snowfall in the area was obscuring the fact that the slope was not as shallow as it appeared. <laughs> the generally accepted minimum slope required for an avalanche is 30 degrees, and even though it didn't look like it, their camp was indeed set up on a slope of at least that degree. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Reports from the original investigation also noted that there was a layer of snow that wasn't clumping together, which yeah. meant that snow could easily slide on top of that, aiding in an avalanche. Right. So it was basically like, you know those little roller slides at Chuck E. Cheese? Yes! <laughs> that was the snow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the children are the avalanche. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. They are. They are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Flashbacks. Boy. So another one of the things that folks discounted the avalanche theory for was because there was not snowfall that night that yeah. would add to the snow volume or like snow mass, but there were catabatic winds. Yes. So when the team dug into the snow for their campsite, they destabilized the snow on a slope of at least 30 degrees and catabatic winds brought dense snow from higher elevations right. down the mountain. That added weight that or that added weight would be enough over the course of the night for a relatively small volume of snow to dislodge and slide down the mountain. Think about the size of an SUV. Ugh. Big child. Right. <laughs> uh, it's small enough that it wouldn't have left a huge sweep of destruction at the campsite. But how could it cause such intense injuries? Right. Time for Frozen. Okay. Frozen! Yeah. It's your time to shine! Yeah. So Gome watched Frozen because everyone did and was impressed by how realistically they were able to animate the movement of snow. <laughs> if you know anything about animation, it is wild getting it's movement wild. of many particles or items to make sense. Mm -hmm. Like the movement of hair is a heavy lift. <laughs> think about all of the strands. All right. I was Ugh. like, it's a lot of fucking hair. I think when I was watching like Moana, there was a behind the scenes. My dad loves behind the scenes. Yeah. And I, I love them too. I make it sound like, oh, he made me watch. No, he I loves them. joyfully there. But <laughs> it was about the process of animating hair, especially like wet hair. And watching oh, people animate hair. The Incredibles, when they yeah. are dumped in the ocean, animating yep. Violet's hair. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, it's fascinating to watch people animate hair. <laughs> so Goldman Boozerin reached out to the animators to be like, who did that rad snow? And they were connected with the specialist in question. That soul gave them the animation coding, which they were able to then modify to fit their snow volume and conditions, but were not done yet. They also wanted to see the force of the snow. So to investigate this, they looked into General Motors cadaver trials of the 1970s. Yeah. It's about <laughs> as grim as it sounds. Yep. In the 70s, General Motors was doing impact safety tests, so they slammed a variety of weights into the cadavers at varying velocities to determine or to simulate car crashes. Right. Importantly, they had a variable for whether the cadaver was placed against a rigid support or unsupported. Mm -hmm. The Outlaw Pass group would have strapped their skis together and set their sleeping bags on top of that, meaning that they would initially have been against a rigid support right. when the snow hit the tent. Mm -hmm. So the team used the frozen snow coating and the data from GM's cadaver trials and ran a simulation. They found the following. Quote, a 16-foot-long block of hefty snow could, in this unique situation, handily break the ribs and skulls of people sleeping on a rigid bed. Wow. Yeah. They noted that the injuries would be severe, but not immediately fatal. Mm -hmm. So the hikers would be able to get up and out of the tent, flee to a safe distance, but could later succumb to their wounds. Their actions would make sense if they are woken up in the middle of the night by a sudden SUV-sized mm -hmm. snow slab crashing into their tent. From inside the tent, they have no way of knowing that this isn't a larger conventional avalanche. Right. Conventional avalanche. Conventional. <laughs> uh, so they followed the typical avalanche protocol. Yeah. But it wasn't a typical avalanche, and they right. were injured. So this is currently the most widely accepted theory. It would explain many things, yeah. but not all. 
The radiation on the clothing could be from their thorium lanterns, but that's just a guess. Mm -hmm. The missing soft tissue and bits could have been due to animal scavenging, but that hasn't been confirmed. So aside from the fact that I just love learning about this event. It's just wild. I also wanted to uh, explore the snow slab and like talk about Frozen, but I also wanted to clear up some of the facts before diving into this fictional interpretation. (laughs) Yeah. So are you ready to talk fictional interpretation? Yeah, okay. I'm so ready. <laughs> but first of all, what's your favorite theory? It doesn't have to be the one you believe, but what's your favorite? My favorite theory? Um, I think it's the like the weird government tests. Because yeah. I don't know what the tests would be. But I'm like, yeah. what else? You know, I'm like, oh, it's so weird. There's just too many weird variables that I'm like, I would love to blame that on the government. Yeah. That's actually the director's uh, belief as well. He says, really? like, after all of my research, after all the things, I th- the only thing that makes sense to me is that the government was doing tests of some kind. What they were doing, I don't know. But something happened, and it's just been a cover-up since then. Yeah, like, and I don't know if that's actually true, but it's, it's just, just the favorite. most interesting yeah. one because it's just so weird. Yeah. I have favorite, think- not most realistic. Right, exactly. Because, <laughs> like, I really don't know. And then, honestly, too, with the orange lights, though... See, that makes me think flares, though. Yeah. Like, it could be from them, but it could also just be from any other hiker that happened yeah. to be in the area. Um, or the government. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but that's my favorite. What's your yeah. favorite? Um, Is it the sound one? Yeah. I love it's that one. It's the sound one. one. Because, like, you've listened to the Black Tapes podcast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fascinating when we talk about the way that things that we don't even notice can impact us. Yes. <clears throat> and so, like, when they talk about infrasound... And, like, the very limited studies that they've done on it, it's, right. like, people have this feeling of uneasiness and, like, rising panic. <sighs> and it's just because of a sound that they don't even know they're hearing. It's wild. It's terrifying. That is so cool, though. <clears throat> like, not cool, but you know what I mean. Like, yes. it's just wild that something that you can't hear would fuck you up that bad. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> so those are theories. The most widely accepted one is the slab avalanche. Yeah. Thank you, Frozen. Thank, Thank you, Frozen. Uh, <laughs> now let's get to what really happened. Yeah. Time travel, baby. Or as I call it. Or as... Time fuckery. Time fuckery. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, that's what it really is. <clears throat> yes. Um, time and space fuckery. Time and space fuckery. Yeah. I... My notes on this are going to be so confusing and weird because usually I go through and I try to fix as I'm talking to be like, that's not what I said. But this time I was just going too fast. And I was like, oh, I can't. That's not what they say. <laughs> um, I did say that I liked the found footage aspect of mm-hmm. it. It works. It was good. Um, it reminds me of any other found footage. They didn't do anything like groundbreaking. Um, it reminded me of quarantine. Where like, oh. you're the camera. Yeah. Rack you know? quarantine. Oh, I'm sorry. Wreck. So not quarantine. Okay. Wreck. You're right. You're right. I forgot. Those the re- quarantine is the remake of Wreck, isn't yes, it? Or the, the, the less American version. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, yeah. So when we watched Wreck, it reminded me of that because we talked about how the camera yes. was the character. And I was like, that's oh. kinda how this one is. I think you see it from the camera's perspective the whole time. Correct? The only exception is when um they have Sorry, my brain was trying to remember um, how something worked. The only yeah. exception is the news broadcasts. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's close. It, it gave me that vibe. But because you have, like, stuff like that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have the whole Blair Witch stuff vibe in the beginning where they're like, they found their footage. Like, someone got it out of the government's yeah. hands, you know? 
Too disturbing for the public yeah. to see. <laughs> I love that, though. I like that they're like, it's too disturbing for the public to see. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're sick little freaks. Here you go. God. Um, but but it was like a mix between Wreck and Blair Witch, where it's like you're the camera for most of it, yeah. but you still get some of that, like, back in the real world, this is what's happening, and this is how they found yeah. it, you know? Um, I liked it. It just wasn't anything new. So it's hard to like come up with notes for things that I'm like, we've watched a lot of found footage and unless they do something specific that is like, whoa. Yeah. You kind of like, yeah, that's like most of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did like that they used a lot of negative space, but how could they not? How could they not? <laughs> you know, I was like, it's hard not to when your entire set is this snowy mountain where there's nothing around. I feel like if you don't use the negative space, what the fuck are you doing? You might as well shoot in Iowa. Like. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I was like, what's the point then? <laughs> um, so I liked that. And I think the dynamics between the characters is relatively good. Like, I feel like they really only built up on relationships for, like, one or two of them. Yeah. Like, fleshed out, like, yeah. their history together. I feel like we didn't get enough awkwardness. For them not knowing each other. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. No, I know what you mean. But before you said that, we didn't get enough awkwardness. And I was thinking of all of the very prolonged awkward moments. It's like, we got enough. But of the, like, not knowing yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. specifically, yeah. like, not the dialogue's fault. Specifically, like, I feel like it would have been funnier to watch them not know each other and get to know each other more. Yeah. I feel like they went from being like, I've never met her, but she's got great boobs. You know, that was, like, their one horrible moment. And then... They just went from being like, now we're drinking together. We're best friends. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I I also got JP and Jensen mixed yes. up for the longest time until I could like reliably differentiate right. them. But they looked so similar. I know. Hats. So you're like, what? And that doesn't help. They're all in these bulk, bulky clothing. So like, yeah. I mean, that's not your fault or anyone's fault. You know what I mean? It's like, they're just wearing a lot of hats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like I wanted more. I don't know character like i wanted to be more character driven but yeah it's hard I like was ultimately very confused by the characters because yeah. jensen and holly had like this weird back and forth mm -hmm. where he was like she was like oh you don't have any game and like homophobic joke here right and then he was like no like i can't get any because like everyone thinks i'm dating you and she's like haha you wish right. and then long silence it was like yeah does he wish he's actively pining for Denise? Like, right. I was so confused by it what was, they wanted us to think. It was just confusing. I feel like they were forcing these characterizations of these people yeah. on us, but not giving any proof of it. Mm -mm. Like, they were like, everyone thinks I'm dating you. <laughs> but I'm like, there's no proof of that. Like, I'm not getting any vibe that he was into her. There was no chemistry. If anything, it was very brother-sister. Yeah. And I was like, I know that sometimes in movies they do that purposefully to be like, oh, they're a brother-sister vibe, but secretly they're actually in love. No, they really did feel like <laughs> they were related. Yeah. Because the whole time he's zooming in on that girl's boobs being like, nice, hot. So I was like, I, I don't know. So it was, you're yeah. correct. <laughs> I was very confused and I wanted it to be fleshed out more so that way when like the action started like, you care about them? Yeah, like, I wanted to care about them, or I wanted to understand why they cared about another character. Yeah. Like, they made... Oh, God. Is it JP the one that... JP's the one that knows shit and is not outwardly unkind. Andy is kind of a dick. 
Right. He knows what he's doing, not as but much as JP, dick. and he's the one that films uh, all the, the girls. Yeah, he's a shitty. Yeah, yeah. And who's the uh, Jensen? Other? Jensen. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was that part where is it Denise? I think mm-hmm. the the sound. Yeah. So when Denise like dies in the avalanche, yeah. he like loses it, right? And he's just like, "You left her," blah, blah. and I'm like, "I get it. You're upset." But, like, they wanted us to feel like he was upset because he liked her so much. He said, I don't want his sloppy seconds, like, hours before So it was so annoying because I'm like, you have him treating her like a piece of meat. But then he's yelling at him for doing that to her. And now all of a sudden she dies in this avalanche and we're supposed to believe he's, like, heartbroken about this. Where are these emotions coming from? Because all the time, the most we got was just jealousy. Not, yeah. like, deep care, but just jealousy. Like, I don't know what she sees in him. And, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, you just sound like every fucking 15-year-old boy right now. And it was just so... Exactly. It was like, you don't like her for anything other than you don't have her. Yeah. So someone else is with her, so you're pissed. And then all of a sudden, he's heartbroken. And I'm like, I just don't believe it. It was not compelling to me. No. It was not an unknown compelling force. No. <laughs> I need the unknown compelling force. To hit me right in the heart. <laughs> I I think that I would have, because like I suggested this movie a while ago. I put it on the list. I really liked it when I first saw it, mm-hmm. but I was also a lot younger when I first saw it. So I think that I was just like obsessed with this mystery. Yeah. There was a movie about it. And I think that the end is genuinely really wild and cool. Yeah. But then watching it again, with all the knowledge I've been given, this curse that's been bestowed upon me <laughs> to know things, I was like, damn. Because <laughs> I think I could forgive how not great some of the special effects are and how yeah. like it doesn't look that amazing if the characters were just believable and also if I cared about them. Yeah. But I didn't. So I... Yes. <laughs> and <Yeah>. also... <laughs> I was fully taken out of it by the dialogue in a lot of different parts. Yeah. Because of the way, like, not just the way it was written, but the way it was delivered. And I have, like, two specific things that are, like, the two different qualms that I have with dialogue. I have one that really confused me, and I literally had it written down to ask you because I didn't understand. Mine are, like, time periods of qualm. Oh, okay. So the first one is the way it was delivered when they're outside of the survivors, the guy that turned back. They're, like oh, like, he's in this mental hospital, like, all that nonsense. Right. And then they're getting pushed out by the guards or orderlies or whatever yeah. at the place. And, like, how did he die? Like, the way she screams that was just, like, so, like, mystery machine. Like, I don't know. There are so many moments where, like, they would sound very realistic and I would really be, like, believing yeah. them. And then they would say shit like that and I'd be like, what, what just happened? Like, there was... There was one moment specifically where I was, it would have been such a funny thing for him to say, genuinely. Gross, but I was like, yeah, okay. When he was like, could really use some paradoxical undressing right now. (laughs) I was like, okay, funny little thing. But he said it like he was on a sitcom waiting for someone to laugh. Laugh Like he was like, everyone, it was Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right. Like, it was was so close to being okay. So close. He had the most realistic dialogue, I feel like, out of a lot of them. For the most part. But he also, like, talked the least, so it's hard to give him props. Yeah. I thought he was pretty good. I thought Leslie was was pretty good. I mean, but again, she's not in it for very long, and she had a few moments where I was like, man, eh, okay, maybe not. Did you say Leslie? Is that not her name? Denise? <laughs> <laughs> you correctly said it earlier. I know. I, I said like... it, and I went, God, I hope it's Leslie. <laughs> Did you not hear the hesitation when I went, 
Leslie. And I kept going because I was like, don't stop. You're already there. I was like, she invited me in by with that hesitation. To oh, question. Cody like, Shalhoub all over again. I was like, correct me because I don't know. Whatever. Denise, yeah. Denise, I almost said Leslie. I was like, whatever, Leslie. Okay, Denise. She was okay for some of it. And yeah. the other times, well, you know. And yeah. you can say that for all of them. Is the blonde girl Australian? Okay, so my very first note. I'll tell I, you. You tell me your note, and then I'll tell you what I wrote. <laughs> my very first note was, she's Australian or New Zealand or British. She's not American. And then I actually have a tag of, like, the timestamp of when I nailed what it was. It was British. At 704, we were all getting excited and eager to go. She had an accent slip yep. like no other. Oh, my God. She had so many. Yeah. That was the one where I, like, I was like, now I can rest. Because I'm, now I know. <laughs> I wrote, hey, I think this girl's Australian. I hope your ears were ready to figure that out, Kate. Because <laughs> it's always, you pick it up so quick. So when I kept picking it up, I went, oh, Kate had to get this immediately. Yeah. I was like, if I'm getting it, she should have got it. So yeah. it was, she had that really bad one, but she's like, oh, Jack, Jack. I was yep. like, oh, girl. <laughs> I, like, as soon as I got that, like, very strong, like, from the first thing she said, I was like, she is from not American. the first thing she said, I was like, oh, we're struggling a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> None of them are horrible either. Like, no. I don't want this to sound like I'm shitting on all the actors. No. No. I'm just saying that, like. The directing and the writing, everything came together to unfortunately just make these characters so not what you want them to be. Yeah. They're just like, it's like they took a bunch of things from a bunch of different characters and like mashed them into get together trying to get one, but instead you can tell that it's just bits and pieces of personalities that they like. Yeah. Or it's like they had the idea for a character and they're yeah. like, if I tell you enough that they are this way, then you'll just feel it. And it's like, yeah. no, I just have like a cardboard cutout that you're telling me right. is this. It's it's like we talked about it before where they give you so much that you don't get it. And sometimes they give you so little that you don't yeah. get it. It was one of those ones where I feel like they gave us just like too much, but they were just, it's not even too much. I would say they just gave us too many options for characterizations, but then they contradicted each other. Yeah. Like with that guy and the girl, like I was like. You can't have it both ways. No. He's either an asshole or he genuinely is like, I'm in love with this girl. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't. <laughs> so it was just weird. Yeah. Um, I I don't have a lot of notes, unfortunately, about like lighting and stuff because it is found footage. I mean, a lot of it does have to be like natural light. <sighs> Nobody does it quite like The Descent. Nobody can. I was just watching it waiting. I was like, I'm really hoping mm. that we'll get some like light from something else that will you know but yeah. it was either daytime flashlights campfire those are the three you're gonna get and then when you get to the other one they're like night vision you know i will say that they did spend an to me it felt like the appropriate amount of time in complete pitch darkness they did where it's like they were like hold on i need to find this and i it's liked like, that i appreciate when it is the right amount of time yes and you can't see anything it is genuinely completely dark i think that was one of my notes as i said like I, I had no special notes about lighting i was like these ones are especially hard to do like great lighting i feel like so no fault to them but i did say thank you for committing to the darkness yes because it's like if you're gonna do dark don't do movie dark especially in a found footage no. because like why would we be able to see it mm -mm. gotta give us a fucking reason <laughs> immersion <laughs> exactly because rec did the same thing where it was like yeah. they made it dark yeah for a long time and in, you're like, like the attic and you're like sense. well this is the rest of the movie okay <laughs> yeah so i was very happy with that i will say one scene i keep saying i will say <laughs> one scene that i did actually like or moment 
was when the guy from like the past picks up the camera and he's like mm. <laughs> yeah i love that because yeah. he's just like walking around going the fuck is this thing yeah because at first i didn't understand i was like why is this guy just like filming the floor and not getting anything and then i realized like he doesn't know what it is he's truly just like what the fuck yep. <laughs> <laughs> so i thought that was actually pretty nice i was like it's kind of fun way to be like this is the past without just being like Back in 1950, you know what I mean? Yep. So that was that was a cool thing. I like that. Yeah. All right. I the, I the All my other specific notes are kind of on, like, the ending. Yeah. But do you have any about, like, filming or anything like that? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> do you want to know the notes I have? Yep. There's a bang flash. They run the other way. Then Holly screams, and we see JP looking like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's holding his shoulder because yeah. he's been shot. But he's like, he's like, <laughs> it was like so weird. It's in night vision. And if so I had seen minute. him, I would have run. <laughs> it looks like a pale cavern creature. I thought he just was... like looming. And you're like, oh, that's fucking JP. He gave me a jump scare. I truly thought yes. he was one of the creatures. I went, they're yeah. here already. And then yeah. I went, oh, that's JP. And he's just like, why are you scared? And he's like, what's wrong? And you're like, oh, sorry, freak. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Um, <sighs> Man fused to a ship remind me of Wall Woman from Cloverfield Paradox. Oh my god, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I was, I was Wall like, Woman. Wall Woman. <laughs> um, um, that was a that was a simulwatch, right? Yes. Yeah. So if you don't know what we're yeah. talking about, that's why it's a yeah. simulwatch. <laughs> uh, if you join the Patreon, you will know. all of the simulwatches are still in the chat. You can still look at them. <laughs> I thought a while back about segmenting them into different. I know, like, right? Maybe we, I don't know. We'll talk maybe about someday. It. Yeah. Um, and then I have lines of dialogue. So they came from here. They came from this. Makes sense. Does it? <laughs> Does it? I I actually did laugh pretty hard at that part. Because <laughs> at first they were like, they came from here. They came from this. I'm like, stop there. You've yeah. got it. That's great. And then they're like, makes sense. And I'm like, in what way explain it? And just like, they have, they leap to so many conclusions that it's like the only way that you would leap to that conclusion if you, if you already knew. It doesn't make sense when you're connecting the dots because the dots don't line up. I laughed. Pretty hard. Because, like, yeah, they're jumping to some intense conclusions. And at least for some of it, you're like, okay, they've got these old files. Yeah. Okay, fine. He's, he found the stuff with the boat. Fine. But then when they're in the cave and he goes, if you just think hard enough yeah. about where you want to be, you'll like, be there. He's like, there are no controls. And I was like, okay, first of all, you didn't even try to decode the messages on the wall. You didn't even look. They were like, there's code here. Let's sit down. <laughs> he's like, oh, this must have been drawing from the indigenous folks. There's no way to know anything about this. They didn't look at all. No. They were just like, I don't have time. Tic-tac-toe? <laughs> so I played tic-tac-toe. When she said that, I was like, so you had time to play tic-tac-toe, but no time to decipher the fucking ancient things on the wall that could tell you what this is. And then he just sits down and goes, you know, I think if we think hard enough uh-huh. about a space, we could probably make it. It's and a that's very Tinkerbell for her. moment. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Clap if you believe, guys. Yeah. Tinkerbell needs you to believe. That made me... Tinkerbell's wormhole. <laughs> I hate it, actually. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Tinkerbell's wormhole. I am Literally going to Disney. Out Do you somewhere think that... in time. <laughs> it's a new ride, actually. Yeah. You go in and then, well, yeah. God help you. We yeah. hope you come. If you think hard enough, it's yeah. all right there. You know, yeah. if you think hard enough, you'll come out somewhere. Space it's is totally on, cave. but time is the questionable part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I oh. was just furious. And he's like, don't worry. I got it. I'm like, and how? Why? They also made him a little know-it-all and also yeah. someone who knew nothing. 
Yeah. And so they start Ugh. at the beginning with, like, him debunking all the theories. Right. Like, that's part of the introduction. Like, they set him up as the conspiracy theorist. So, like, of course he would know about the Eldridge and, like, all these things. Right. But, like, they it they set the scene for him to connect these dots, but they didn't give it to us enough. So, like, they're showing us, like, journals and they're, right. like, having him info dump. But at the same time, like... They're like, this wasn't a lab. It was an execution chamber. And I was like, that's a leap. It was a leap. And they would show us these journals, but they would show it for like a second. She'd open it and go, cool, and then close it. And I'd be like, I I need time. I need to see it. I want to know what's going on. Let me get my reading glasses. Yeah, exactly. And then also, there was a really cool moment that could have been extra cool when they show us all the skeletons. And they're like fused together. But if you're not looking really close, how would you have known that they were all fused together? Yeah. They didn't mention it. They didn't really say anything. They no. just went, those bodies, they're like this. I went, no. mention that. Like, and as soon as they find the body of the soldier, they're like, um, oh, like, if you had a secret and you wanted to make sure I hadn't gotten out, what would you do? And it's like, I hold on. Exactly. Go back five minutes. I need you to explain how you came to this yes. conclusion. They were like, what would you do then? And I was like, I, I don't know because I don't know what's happening. I'm you haven't so- said shit. <laughs> and it's like these things, they don't look right. Maybe that's what he let out. And I was like, they just kept jumping and they just kept being like, nah, they'll get it, they'll get it, they'll get it. There is a there is a fine line to walk between keeping your audience in the dark for the point of like a cool reveal yeah. or just for like, I don't know, to keep things vague on purpose so that way you can kind of come to your own conclusion. But this one was giving us the conclusions, but absolutely nothing before that. No. So we were like, okay we're just meant to believe you okay i'm getting no proof that's great it drove me nuts i i was flashing back to like middle school and high school when i kept getting dinged on tests because i would have the right answer but i wouldn't show my work because i was a petulant little bitch and i was like i don't need to show my work it's too easy like why should i show two plus two is four like whatever and then once i got to harder math showing your work is absolutely crucial then you're like fuck i guess i need to do this yeah and they were trying to set positive habits but i'm a petulant little bitch as mentioned don't do it and uh, now it's like i want people to show their work in a way where it's like i need to be given the same clues that they're given yeah i am not (laughs) i my last thing i guess is what frustrates me the most is that it's a cool badass ending i think and this is all opinion at this point but i think it's a cool badass ending that they just didn't earn in any way i think that like the premise of it is very cool they gave us clues from the very beginning when she says like i'm positive that i found like 11 bodies i know i did and i saw a weird contraption and those bodies didn't look right like they're giving us these cool clues that Mm. something happened and like when I find out it's them, I want to be so excited. And you see the, the two people walk up and then they're like, go away, go away. So it's like, oh yeah, all the pieces are coming together. But also you didn't earn this. I was like, you jumped to a bunch of conclusions to make this work. Yeah. Just put the work in. Like It's like, hold on. How do we get from the wormhole to the past? Oh, they'll just Einstein it out together. Or like Sherlock Holmes is it. what I meant. And <laughs> I wanted, I just, I like the ending a lot yeah. because I think it is weird I think it's a really cool theory. Yeah. I think it's like super cool. If they had done this right, I would probably love this. Yeah. Clearly, I liked it back in the day. Clearly, it's weird enough and cool enough for me to remember. Yeah. Because I remember wanting to watch it and I was excited to watch it. 
but there's too many things now that like make me mad. Yep. So yeah, it's just a really cool ending that I just don't feel like they earned because I don't believe it. Like yeah. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe. I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, I have like one more note. Yeah. Is- When they're about to walk through the wormhole, they have Mm -hmm. seen all of these bodies have bad things wrong with them. They have seen men fused to ships. And they're like, don't let go of my hand. Babe, that's how you get fused. I know. When they were like holding hands, I went, I hope you like holding hands because you're about to do it forever. (laughs) I was so, I was like, this is so, you connected all the dots, but this one? And I don't think they even ended up getting fused. They ended up being turned into monstrous time creatures. They just turned into the until dawn creatures. Yeah. But I was like, all of the evidence at this point leads me to believe that you are putting yourself at a high risk of fusing to each other. Jumped to a million conclusions, including that one, but then ignored it. That's the thing, too, is that they just ignored things that they had said. I was like, you're just gonna, you're just, you can't pick and choose what is important. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Oh, it was infuriating. (sighs) It was infuriating. And it makes me mad because i do think that the twist is cool yeah i really do i think this is a cool twist on like like the government testing and giving it your own spin and i think it's really neat yeah and if anyone had done this movie right i'd be like singing its praises but it's it's unfortunate yes i (sighs) there are some things working this movie's favor like there were moments of genuine humor that like i laughed like when Denise is like, snow tigers? And then it comes back and she's like, no, really? It's like, there aren't snow tigers. And like, the way it keeps getting picked up, I fucking love it. Like, there Those are, are moments. Those you idiot. And she's like, <laughs> like she's like, are you sure? <laughs> I also, the moment with her eyelashes. I, oh, I, yeah. I do have a question about that in a second. Yeah. But when her eyelashes are frozen, and she's like, my eyelashes are frozen. They're all like, <laughs> and she goes, it's so funny. <laughs> she's like, I'm so scared. I actually loved that because at first I did the same thing. I went, yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah. And then she went, I'm not joking. Yeah. Her eyes are just closed. Can you explain this moment to me? Because I didn't get it. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. He fixes her eyelashes. Mm-hmm. And then once his face steps out of the car and goes, whoo, is it cold in here? And then they just like fight. Yeah. What so the fuck was that? One of the guys, uh, I had to watch this scene three times. I to did too. I watched it twice. Two. And I was like, I don't get it. So JP, Andy, Denise, and Holly were in the back. There was room for someone in the oh, front. Oh, so he was in the front. Okay. Yeah. I was so confused. Yeah. Jensen was in the cab of the truck. Okay. Because he got out and then immediately just like they started fighting. And I was like, what is the matter? Yeah. I didn't realize that yeah. he was the only one in the... <laughs> yeah. Okay, now it's funny. Yeah. I get it now. <laughs> All right. You can have that one, guys. Good job. Yeah. Um, uh, but there, that was bookended by homophobic jokes. Right, I know. Uh, they And hella misogyny. The misogyny is out of control. It, like, the way they're talking oh. about Denise, and then, like, the way they're laughing Literally about... the first like, thing you see at her is her, her tits. Yeah. Like, they zoom right in. And I'm like, really? No, and, like, to this me... This 2013. And, like, the way they're laughing about Denise being filmed with or without her consent. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, poor Denise. Like, all oh, sucks for her. And I'm like, th- that's not okay. Right? I'm like, it's not even, like, a little bit. Like, oh, geez. No. No, it's fucking awful. Oh, I was pissed at that part. Got mad. Oh. <laughs> so, dialogue, delivery of dialogue, jumping to conclusions, misogyny, homophobia. But snow tigers. But snow tigers? Snow tigers? Yeah. And, like, cool twist ending. Cool twist ending. Yeah. They just... They don't. They didn't earn it, you know. It was it's not like, earned under you. It's like if a dog peed on the floor and then you gave it a treat. 
You, yeah. you can't do that. You can't. You're never gonna yeah. learn. Reinforcing bad I behavior. I would give a dog a treat too. I still yeah. love them. Dogs but, are so sweet. So sweet. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> but that—that's. I think that's all my notes. Those I are just, my notes. Unfortunately, had less good things to say than I wanted. I was really excited for this because yeah. I hadn't seen it in years. I probably watched this like close to 2013. I mean, it couldn't have been that long after that it was made. And I loved it. I was like, oh, it's so cool. Yeah. This was my first time seeing it. And I must have just remembered the ending and been like completely taken by that, you know? Because they do give you those cool things of the two characters run in the background. Oh, I, I that was great. I didn't even see it. I was reading about it. I was like, oh, rewatch bonus when I rewatch it someday. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a really cool moment because like they're, and it's nice because they're doing it during a comedic moment. Yeah. So it's like really making you feel like you're safe now and like you can just laugh in this moment and then there's two little things bob in the background and they're like walking on their like hands and feet it's very creepy yeah but yeah unfortunate yeah do you have a scariest moment i had a hard time with this um sorry i got a notification i was like i swear (laughs) to god if my watch starts starts talking talking again again. Twice today? It was really funny. <laughs> I just listened to it say the last 30 seconds of what I'd been talking about. I was like, so nice. You got to hear it twice. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, watch. You're welcome. <laughs> don't kill me. <laughs> just hold my watch away from my body. Just don't look at it. Yeah. Um. So I had two scariest moments mm-hmm. for different reasons. Mm-hmm. One of them is just like a deep personal, like, horror reaction. Yeah. And then one of them is like, oh, that's got me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when Andy is shot. That's mine. <laughs> it, it's so, like, to me, gun violence is, like, awful. awful. Fuck um, <laughs> and the way that he is there and then he's not. Wow. Okay. This is exactly what I wrote. <laughs> Sorry, it's like your no. scariest moment. I was just like, usually you go for like the more jump scary ones. So I was like, I think I'm good here. My I other one's I got jump this. scary. I know. <laughs> I can't believe we're the same one. Um, the other one is the first time you get a glimpse of the yeah. creatures, like in the caverns, mm-hmm. not out in the public. Right. Out in the public. Out in the public. <laughs> yeah. You know, shopping. Doing their grocery. <laughs> <laughs> the boba tea. <laughs> um, <sighs> because like, I... I get annoyed when you don't get to see the monster, but I find it most compelling when it's like hinted at more yeah. and you never get the full thing. Yeah. But then they're just like, no, you're going to see all of this fucking thing. It's I a know. cat in a zoom. Like I, Oof. I just, I have a lot of zoom calls and yeah. Bruce always walks right in front. So like you get to see all of her and that's what it felt like watching yeah. when the cameras dropped. It's like the creatures are just everywhere. They're just, they are really bouncing around. And I think that they were really relying on the teleportation and speed yeah. and like smiling creepiness yeah. to like save it. Right. But to me, like after I got a good look at them, I was like, well, that's inconvenient. <laughs> I know. The, you really want to be able to like the creatures, but they're unfortunately a little cheesy looking. Yeah. But at first, at first, when they spin, they come in hot like yeah. that. I'm like, it oh. is genuinely scary. Yes. You're like, what the fuck? And then I you go, frightened. oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm not too proud to say that when I went downstairs to do laundry, I looked underneath my stairs. <laughs> I was afraid. Do a little look, <laughs> like, you know? It's like they can't get me. I get scared of everything. I'm scared of everything all the time. <laughs> um, but well, mine is the same. Mine's Andy. Uh, same guns freak me out. Always mm-hmm. have. Yeah. I don't like them. Um, and there's a difference between like action movie guns you know because it's so unrealistic and it's so like over the top that it scares me less yeah but when you watch things where it's supposed to be realistic especially in found footage freaks me out 
brutal and, and callous yeah, and sudden. Yeah, and Andy is just so, like, he's, he can't do anything. He's just so helpless. And yeah. it freaked me out yeah. to watch him, like, turning around. He's looking at them, trying to be like, how close are they? And then he's just down. Oh, I hated it. Um, That scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Because it's between that and when the creatures walk behind that yeah scene. mostly just because like anytime something can see you and you can't see it freaks me out yeah um but yeah the andy moment yeah Ugh. Ugh. you and i both I'm glad it like, wasn't just me no. i was like i saw that and i was like that's fucked up right yeah Ugh. it's like uh snow piercer yeah to I, me. I haven't seen it yet but okay. everyone talks about it and i'm like i need to see that i have a different scariest moment than everyone i've talked to <laughs> i have a feeling that you will agree with me i know i'm like i'll probably have the same one yeah, everyone's like oh like this and like oh i should have really? been alarmed by that. that yeah <laughs> I was about to you know, say mine something. are always weird, so yeah. we got those. Yeah. Are you ready for tropes? Yes. I'm so ready. Okay. So the very first one isn't actually a trope that I found mm-hmm. on TVTropes.org, but I couldn't not talk about it. And it's the <laughs> invocation of the camera. And it's whenever there is a found oh, footage yeah. film, they have to justify the premise of continuing to film. Right. In Blair Witch Project, it's because it makes Heather feel better. Oh, in, I love that. I know. In Paranormal Activity, they're trying to figure out what's happening while they're asleep, and it's set up on a tripod so they don't have to physically tote the camera everywhere right. most of the time. And Mika's a little dick. Yeah. Who can't let it go. Yeah. Dick. In Hell House LLC, they're filming it as part of their process mm-hmm. of like setting up things, and then certain sections rely on security cameras, not the handheld. Which is, so. Yeah. Every time someone continues to film in an unlikely scenario, they have to justify why they're holding right. it. And so, like, it's just mandatory. And it happened. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we checked that out. We got off. it. Good. We're done. <laughs> um, another tenet, kind of, of a lot of found footage mm-hmm. or dialectic camera point of view is apocalyptic log. Mm-hmm. It's just classic. Yeah. Where it's like, we already know in advance that it's not going to go out. Why was the footage found? Right. <laughs> Uh, and we just watch the devolution into madness or death. Or right. Uh, okay. The next is like a group of three. Mm-hmm. Black site, government conspiracy, and playing with syringes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Those are three different tropes, but they all kind of work together. Yeah. Along with abandoned laboratory. Oh, yeah. It happens. But that one overlapped enough with the others. I'm just like, <sighs> okay. <laughs> so a black site, I had to Google it because I was like, I know this is a military term. And I was like, is there like a racist origin of this term and is i couldn't there? find one oh, okay um if there is i'm very sorry i right. looked for I, it and i couldn't find it but that does not mean it doesn't exist right but it's like the way that we talk about like dark versus light is right probably very racist yeah. <laughs> um but the term black site is like people know about the location and they know that there are secrets inside mm-hmm. but all knowledge stops there unless you have top secret clearance so like area 51 i was supposed to say like area 51 yeah. yeah it's like oh we know something we all is a triangle we're all um, like well i mean that one's different but yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. we all know uh-huh so it's not a secret that there are secrets there but the secrets yeah. are secret <laughs> Do you want to hear a funny story? Always. Um, when I was little, like pretty young, uh-huh. like five maybe, I was so scared of the Bermuda Triangle that I would beg my mother not to go on vacation there. Why she would, I don't know. But I was so scared. I was also very afraid of it. I used to be like, Mom, please. I was like, Do, don't go. And she'd be like, why would I? I also begged her not to go to Egypt. Huh. I was scared of mummies. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I was like... So scared that, like, I don't know. I must have watched something as a kid about mummies coming to life. And I was like, if you go, you'll be cursed. The mummies will take you. And she was just like, I won't go. And I was like, please. Like, I'm begging her as if she has booked a trip. She was like, I've never talked about it before. 
But for some reason, in my mind, I was like, she's going. <laughs> and then one time, she had the audacity to tell me, you know, I actually flew over the Bermuda Triangle once, right? And I was like, you're lucky you're back. Like, <laughs> I, was like I, I need to mourn what could have happened. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, mom. Like, <laughs> and she was just like, I'm good. And I was like, for now. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's a fun fact. I don't know what got me. About those two things. I mean, Bermuda Triangle scared me shitless as a child. Once I yeah, learned about too. it, I was like, it is a menace to society yeah, and everyone. I was everyone. like, you ever go near it, <laughs> you're gone. Mummies, <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that came from. I truly just thought she was going to be cursed. I don't know why. I don't. Who's to say? Who's to say where what it came from? What if the blame is the mummy's what if curse? What <laughs> is the mummy's curse, I guess? Yeah. No. Well. <laughs> Oi. Uh, after Black Sight, yeah, is government conspiracy. Uh-huh. Uh, goes hand in hand with Black Sight. So a fair number of theories around Yatlov Pass in the film and in real life hinge on Russians' hiding involvement mm-hmm. either directly or tangentially. Right. Where it's like, they weren't trying to bomb a campsite, no. but they were testing in the area and right. oops, something happened and we don't want that to be known. Right. Uh, and then playing with syringes is unethical testing generally upon humans but can be on animals as well yeah and in this case it's implied that the russian military was sending people into the wormhole to test teleportation shit yeah and was like killing the experiment right. when it came back wrong Ugh. yeah so they were doing stuff in the abandoned laboratory that right. was unethical yeah not great i think it's fair to say unethical. I, I would say yeah uh foreshadowing yeah uh rewatch bonus uh, you already mentioned right, the... Yeah. There's another one, though, that I saw in TV Tropes that... I remember there being another one and not catching it on this watch. It's not visual. It's auditory. What was it? So I it's it. when JP is screaming as he's being attacked and they're running. He's yelling their names. Is he yelling to have them come back or is he yelling because he recognizes the faces of the creatures? Oh. That one might be a bit of a stretch, but someone brought it up and I was like, interesting. Maybe. Okay, okay, okay. Because we only really know that the creatures are them because of the, the tension, yeah. But I don't know that he was all up close and personal with them. Right, like maybe he knew. Maybe. So that's a potential. Right. But there is like the other rewatch bonus yeah. of like the Skull King that creatures. Cool, yeah. Um, cavalry Betrayal. Uh-huh. It's a subtrope of Hope Spot. Okay. And it's specifically when someone comes to the rescue and you're like, aha, maybe some Yay! of my babies will survive. But your hope is squashed or shot. Yeah. Because the cavalry is not hikers. They are Russian military that are coming to dispose of That them. part did freak me out too when they were yeah. like, oh, hey. And they're like, hey. And they're like, why did they get here so fast? Why do they not have bags? And I went, I didn't even think of that. Like, I saw them like, dead. I was like, they're not carrying anything. Did they like leave their party behind? I you felt like maybe over the hill. Alive. Um, I would have been like, thank God you're here. And immediately you think been dead. I would have survived to that moment. <laughs> That's really nice. <laughs> I don't hike. I do hike, not in snow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I would have gotten you there. But then at that point, I would have been like, I'm a goner. <laughs> <laughs> we bounce each other out. I can survive <laughs> the weather in the snow. Yeah. Can't do anything about being stupid. <laughs> the mind games I'm here for, the physical tasks. No, thank you. Together, we are <laughs> yeah. one whole survivor. Yeah. We got this. We got this. Teaming up to make, make progress. progress. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Then we have the stock unsolved mystery. Yeah. Jalla uh, Pass. Like, yeah. oh, the one that is really like the stock unsolved mm-hmm. is the Eldritch. Or oh. I don't even know if I'm saying what it is correctly, and I just like filled what that in it? in my head. Is that what it is? I thought that was Eldridge. Yeah, I've been saying Eldridge, like Eldridge oh, location, Eldridge, because I my brain is the Eldridge, the Eldridge. Um, but that is 
a hoax. <laughs> right. It's not like an unsolved mystery. It's just like. It's just not real. Yeah. <laughs> um, teleporter accident. Yeah. Yeah. Arguably the crux of this thing. Uh, tongue trauma. Yeah, there was sure was. Funny moment though is when she falls off the weather She's station like, and What's that? everyone <gasps> just. I thought that was so fun. They're all like, "Hey, hey. okay." <laughs> they're all just looming over her. I will say that's a very good shot. I just, loved it. Like it was a great way of being like, "Wasn't that freaky?" And now, "Isn't this funny?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's I thought it was fucking hilarious. That was so good. Uh, and my favorite trope of this one mm-hmm. is actually one that pisses me the fuck off too. <laughs> Can't that's, wait. That's how I work. It's like yeah. I respect it. I'm oh, mad, but I'm mad. <laughs> Um, it's called Riddle for the Ages, mm-hmm. and it's a mystery that is never answered within the work. You hate not getting an answer. I hate You it, hate it. But I love it. I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> it's my favorite. I love being in the dark. <laughs> I respect it, but I'm angry. Yeah. So it's like, I see what you did. I understand it. I respect your craft. I'm mad at you. <laughs> I'll kick you in the shins. <sighs> uh, so it can be like intentional as a sort of mind fuck or it can be a running gag. So like mm-hmm. in sitcoms, there are all the time running gags of like, oh, we never know whether the pineapple was on the bedside table right. or whatever. Um, it can also just be reflective of reality in that there are just some things that we never get a why for. Right. And importantly, this does not include works where there was going to be an answer, but it was canceled prematurely where it's like, oh, the cliffhanger. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. NBC didn't like us like, enough. Like, oh, <laughs> The intent of the writers has to be that it was not to be answered ever. Not that they just didn't get the chance to answer it. And this is one of the most frustrating aspects of a book that I read years ago by Tana Mm -hmm. French called In the Woods. And it's a good book. When you get mad. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good book. (sighs) But I'm going to spoil some of Tana French's book, but it came out a decade ago. Well, you won't know the end, right? It's mystery. (laughs) (laughs) It's book one of the Dublin Murder Squad, and each yeah. one covers a different, like, detective. Mm-hmm. And they all, like, the character of the next one is in the previous one as, like, a peripheral character. Oh, cool. And so, like, the first one is this guy who, when he was a child, when he was 12, he went, like, into the woods with his friends, and it, they didn't come back when they were supposed to, so they go mm-hmm. into the woods to find him, and he's trying to, like, claw the bark off a tree. He has blood filling what? his shoes and he has scratches on his back and his friends are dead what and he has amnesia <laughs> he has no memory of what happened in the what woods happening? so like he's an adult now and he goes by his middle name so that he can't be like tied right. to like the mystery of the kid that Bear. might have killed his friends but no one's to say and everyone's like oh fake amnesia he doesn't remember what happened and so you think because it's a fucking mystery that you're going to solve that mystery. You don't, do you? No. <laughs> you never find out Kate's what so happened mad. in the woods. Kate's I so mad. Years after I read it, I like went to Google like, did she ever share? Like, did she ever share? <laughs> <thing?"> <laughs> no. I'm so angry. <laughs> That's riddle oh, for the ages. <laughs> I love it. Those are my tropes. Those are good. <laughs> Sorry they make you so mad. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, I. Are you ready to rate this movie? I'm. I have to be. I guess I'm, I'm ready. I've got it ready. Yep. Okay. Well, we need a scale. Oh yeah, you're right. I have. I got one. Okay. What's yours? Tinkerbell's wormhole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. yours? Not good ones. <laughs> you said it, and I went. I'm not. I. I. It has to be. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> Because, like, one, she's not in this. And that's very funny to me. And two, ew. Ew. And 
when have we ever let that stop us? So is it Tinkerbell's wormhole or Tinkerbell wormholes? Tinkerbell's wormhole. Okay, so attorneys general. <laughs> it's hers. Yeah. She owns that wormhole. She owns it. Or it's on her. I don't know. Own it. Work it. Own it, girl. That's your wormhole. <laughs> that got me so mad but that was so stupid <laughs> I'm gonna break my rib oh, no. oh god <laughs> Nikki's down a rib and a half right now y'all I really am <sighs> Woo. how many Tinkerbell's wormholes I got it are you ready yeah yeah one two okay <laughs> then yeah, yeah. <laughs> You go first. Okay. I gave it initially 3.5 Tinkerbell's wormhole. Yeah. But um, I now give it uh, three. <laughs> three Tinkerbell's wormholes. Yeah. Uh, because of all of the qualms all that we of mentioned. All the things we've said. <laughs> we've been very clear that we don't think it's incredibly well put together. The ending is fun. It's fun. I love that twist. Yeah. I love how it wraps I think things it's up. neat. And as pissed as I am, I like the riddle for the ages where yeah. it's like they went to solve Dyatlov Pass and they didn't. Right. Because they still never confirmed how those hikers nope. died because they didn't have injuries consistent with being eaten by no. time fuckery monsters. So it's like they solved how they were killed. <laughs> so weird. Or they, they're technically they solved their on. own mystery. Yeah. They like solved that, but they never actually solved Dyatlov Pass. Right. And... It's just fascinating, but I, I hated dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've already talked about the qualms, so that's why I give it three, because yeah. it's still fun. Yeah. I just don't think it's great. No. Okay. You um, gave it. I gave it two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> but I have, I think, more of a reason to go lower, because I was so disappointed, because I had uh, seen it before. Yeah. So like, it just felt like an extra letdown. Um. Because I was, I remember liking it so much and I wanted to like it again. And I was pumped. Like I put this movie on. I was like, oh, hell yeah. And I was just like, oh, and it just was a bummer. Yeah. But I still love the ending so much. So that's yeah. why I'm like, I'm still, I still like it. Yeah. This is the two and the half, the two and the half, the two and a half is not saying don't watch it. Yeah. Like I'm just letting you know all the qualms that we had before yeah. the acting, like the direction that they're given. The sexism, the the horrible, like, homophobia, yeah. a lot of the stupid comments that you're getting. <laughs> Just, that's why it's not yeah. the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's still an interesting movie. Yes. So, like, if you're looking for a twist, for a movie that, like, you'll probably just never think about again, really. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I highly recommend it. And, and like, I don't know. It's at, le- at least you have the interesting ending. Yeah. Even if the special effects and the creatures don't look amazing... It's more the premise that I think is really neat and how some of the things from the beginning come back to play. I think that's really neat. Yeah. But, you know. It feels like maybe a movie that you put on in the background when you have, like, friends over doing stuff and then, like, yeah. no one really pays any attention to it. Right. And you're like, oh, dude, this is when shit kicks off. That's and then literally people, like, it. watch and like, I have no context. And you're like, don't worry, you don't need it. You really <laughs> don't. So, it feels like that. <laughs> it, it, it's just something, like, I would also say it's it's good for friends, but it's also one of those ones you can watch by yourself yeah. if you're like me and sometimes you put on a movie just to have noise. Because, like, I'll put it on yeah. and then, like, I'll be on my phone or I'll crochet. Yeah. And then once the ending comes, you can be like, all right, now I'll pay attention. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. So 
I'm giving it two and a half Tinkerbell's wormhole. Yeah. Um, I think that's, yeah. I think that's a good one. So of our total, uh, Tinkerbell yeah. has five and a half wormholes. Poor thing. That's <laughs> probably too many for sweet, sweet tank. She's little. She's small. <laughs> you little girl. <laughs> but wormholes, you know, time, space, it's all relative. <laughs> Where are they going? Where are they going? <laughs> oh, yeah. That wraps up. That wraps up. That wraps up. If you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That's the one where it helps the most, but yep. honestly, anywhere you would yeah. like to rate and review, we even, love it. Even word of mouth. Oh, Tell gosh, your yeah. friends, you know. We have a friend that's like, I do not like horror films, not at all. but my friend does. Yeah, my friend just will constantly tell other people. And she's that's like, amazing. I can't listen because I'm scared, but you can. Yes. <laughs> and I appreciate that. And I love that. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go With It, and every Wednesday ish mm-hmm. usually ish we did it this week <laughs> we did yeah uh every week we'll post the movie for the week yeah uh you can check out our extended show notes on our website at just go with it pod.com or maybe even take a look at our patreon at patreon.com slash just go with it and we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons Ready. kim kelly Nehart, will rachel kelsey sula tim beth kayla meg katie morgan brady kenny janice brian jess and ada Woo! Woo! Love those patrons. Oh, they're so sweet. I know. I'm excited for the patron pick. Yeah, for the yeah. patron pick this month. Yeah. Uh, Nikki had the great idea of saying, hey, we have this massive list of movies. Why don't we have the patrons pick random numbers to choose the patron picks? We just always struggle because we're like, yeah. we have to curate it. We need yeah. to do this. And then I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let them pick. Yes. So yeah, our patrons get to vote on a movie every every month. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have Slima watches and we do horror streams. We're never going to get through the game Alien because I'm too scared to move. Um, <laughs> and you don't want to make a noisemaker. <laughs> I don't know why I refuse. I don't even. But I won't do it. Because you'd have to backtrack. I, and I get it. <laughs> I will not. Uh, Instead, I'll die the same way seven times. times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yes, I will. So if you want to see that. <laughs> you want to see that. It's a great time. Yeah. Hi. The intro and outro music was created by Anthony Roccozella. The cover, it's by our very own Nikki Solomon. What would you do right now if I looked behind you and I went, oh my God, Kate, and you were behind you. <laughs> and then it was just you from another time. Does she look happy Mike, man. <laughs> I ruined it. No. <laughs> yeah, she looks happy. She's chilling. Turn around. She's sitting in a chair. <laughs> what if she was? She's not. I'm <laughs> Yeah, it's going. <laughs> <laughs>